This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome you to Porch Talk. This is your host, Alan, and this is a Skype call out to New York. Uh, I have Miss Kate Mallon with me. Mm -hmm. Uh, How are you doing, Kate? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm going to take a sip of this water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, So we had a running joke that I was going to wear a costume joke and like formalities for us as we were talking about uh, this taco costume that I couldn't come up with. I was disappointed. uh, yeah, but that's not that's, really though because I didn't have a costume either. So yeah. Well, uh, if we do this again, uh, we'll come up with some costumes. Maybe uh, one of us can be a banana, another one can be a gorilla. I like that idea. Right. Yeah. So you just te- <laughs> you text whoever your guest is, and you say, "This is what I'm wearing tomorrow," and then they have to come dressed appropriately. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I, th- I think that's the thing. Yeah, it, it's got to be. It's so good. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Kate, just tell me a little bit about you. Uh, where, did, where did you grow up? So I grew up on Long Island, New York. Um, so it's funny because, you know, I, I didn't listen to a lot of country music growing up myself. Um, my dad did. Um, he's a New York City fireman. He only listened to country music, really. Um, so my exposure to country music was, you know, the 80s like just older stuff and then I just kind of just grew away from it we didn't even have a country station growing up like it was crazy I know it was weird but um I think Long Island does now but uh so I did always listen to like folky singer songwriter types and when I moved here to Buffalo um it's almost 11 years ago now um I started writing music again and mm-hmm. I kind of fell into the genre of country music because country music has changed a whole heck of a lot, you know. It really so, has. Yeah, since um, I was my since I was born, so it's just very different now. So you just have a lot more leeway, I guess, or room to kind of um, fit in that genre. And I guess um, my experiences and my exposure to music growing up really did have a bigger influence on me than I ever thought that it did because my dad used to say to me. He's like, Katie, you write country music. I'm like, I do not. Like in my head, I was like, I do not. And he's like, I want to take you to Nashville, this, that, and the other thing. But in my mind, it wasn't. But I think at the end of the day, you know, when you can break down a song and play it on acoustic guitar, it can, it, genres to me, it doesn't matter. It's out the door, you know. Sure. It's however anyone really receives it. But I do think that I, I'm a storyteller in my songwriting. And so yeah, that definitely. has a lot to do with it, for real. And, 
And so uh, you and I, we have a, a mutual friend, uh, Fuzzy, mm-hmm. and he he told me that you were a big part of him entering the singer-songwriter uh, contest that you went on the win, right? Yeah, yes. And so I, how did, how did John meet him? I strong-armed him into it. No, I, I <laughs> called him up. I called him up and I said, "You, I hope you're going to be trying out. So Taste of Country um, in Nashville had a uh, program called the Taste Country Risers. And it was, it was down in Nashville and it was, you know, a year long. Anyway, the program was like wildly successful. So a lot of artists um, that came out of that got record deals like um, Devin Dawson and um, Callie Shore and, you know, a whole bunch. Um, and they decided that they were going to open it up to the U.S. because they said, well, not everyone that writes country music can come to Nashville. So let's just see who else is out there. So... Um, my, our local, uh, station, um, sponsored it because they were, um, they were part of, there were like 15 stations across the U S that, that got involved in the, in the contest. And then anyway, long story short, I entered, I won. And then the following year they ran the contest again. And I called, I called up fuzzy and I said, you gotta, you gotta go for it because the prize was, you know, opening up a really big show, but also just. For me, coming from New York City to Buffalo, um, making music was so different because there's not as much, um, you know, original music. There's not a big original music scene here as there is in New York. Whereas sure. New York, like that's all you do. Like you're not going to be playing cover songs. If you're playing New York City, you're just you're you're playing your own music or you're not playing really at all. Mm-hmm. So. That was a big change for me here. I could not get a show booked. I couldn't get people to book me at all. So I don't know. And I knew Fuzzy was an original songwriter and he's fantastic. So I was like, you just got to go for it. You know, you got to do it. Mm-hmm. So he did. And he won. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And uh, uh, just how did y'all two meet? Um, I'm trying to think. From, just from the just from just- the. The, the music scene. I've met the okay. most incredible people, um, the nicest people. And there's, so, and I, listen, I, I'm not saying anything wrong. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to, that what I said to come out wrong here, the music scene here, I have done, Buffalo's done more for me and my career as a musician than New York ever did, you know, ever. So I have such gratitude and I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Um, and it's a small group. So you get to know everybody. And it's just, it's really, really cool. There's lots of amazing musicians here. And there's some really, really good country artists here, original country music artists. And it's it's so big up here. I didn't expect that. I didn't know that Buffalo was was so big on country music. They really are. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have either. Uh, Fuzzy and I met through uh, NPR Time Desk. We both entered the same year. And uh, just on that social media forum, I just put the word out. I was like, hey. I have a podcast if any of y'all would like to come on the show and share about you and your music. And I mean, Fuzzy's come on the show three times now. And um, I had uh, Uncle Ben's Remedy. Yeah. Is that right? I had them uh, on the show. And so I'm getting familiar with the Buffalo scene. And I got to say is exactly what you just said is just reiterate that is like some of the kindest people I've ever met. I know. Uh, Wonderful people. Yeah. So. Just back to childhood, has it always been music for you? Like, did you come up in a music family? Uh, Kind of. So 
I started playing guitar when I was six, like six years old. My parents, they were like a little strict. I have an older brother and an older sister. We were not allowed to watch TV growing up. My mom was like very anti-television. We were allowed, as we got older, like one hour a day. But it, had, it was like Little House on the Prairie. So like there's so much stuff I have not seen. It's so funny. But we, um, we all played an instrument and they were very strict with us practicing because they were paying. I didn't grow up with a lot of money and they were paying for lessons. So we had to practice. However, I, my brother played clarinet, my sister played the flute, I picked the guitar. So at the end of the day, I mean, I was always like, come on, guys. They were very good. They were like all state, like first seat. But for me, I've continued to do it throughout my life. And of course, you know, I had when I was married, I had kids. I didn't do it as much. I would do like children's birthday parties and stuff like that. But Mm -hmm. guitar is a great instrument because you take it anywhere you go. Somebody's always got one hanging around. That's right. You can tune a guitar. You're good to go. So it's really always been something that I've done. But when I went to college, um, Jules first album pieces of me came out and I it like changed my whole life like it was the most it was incredible and I said to myself you know if she can write an album like as beautiful as that and as meaningful and personal then I can do that with my songs because all the songs that I wrote were very you know just heartbreak, heartfelt kind of stuff. So I never really wanted to share them all that much, you know, with everybody. But um, I did. I started a band and I started playing out and it was good. It was fun. And then I took a break and then back at it again. I don't know. It never leaves you, right? You're a musician. So yeah. who you are, it's part of you. Yeah, and that's that's true. And of like different iterations over the years, it's like I typically write sad somber songs and yeah. so i mean it's it's not exactly like music scene i'm in uh, my buddy's bar right now at uh Munson brothers in columbus mississippi and it's it's such a weird music scene because it ebbs and flows like there'll be times when uh man people are just dying to have live music yeah and then there are seasons to where eh, who cares and so i mean these music scenes around here they seem to just kind of ebb and flow and of uh, you know it's i try to get people to play with me if, if i get a show yeah and i was like we'll, we'll just play my uh sad songs fast and make them feel happy <laughs> i know well listen i have had the same problem because i i too write very you know um you know ballads i love to write ballads and so it's hard for me i'm not going to be opening up a uh you know a high energy show full band and all that <laughs> So I can completely appreciate that. But there's one thing that I've learned. I've been doing it long enough. Um, you just have to stay true to who you are. I mean, if you're doing it to make a living, that's a different scenario entirely. Like you're going to be you're putting food on the table as a working musician. You know, you're going to have sex and you're going to be doing things and it's still going to be passionate. But when you're doing it, um, you know, because it's it's just something that, you know, calls to you and you're writing mm-hmm songs for yourself, whatever, whether they're passion projects or not. Um, authenticity shines through and so does inauthenticity. And That's I right. think you really need, if you're, if you're, if you're not always going to be the, what they're looking for or what the crowd wants to hear or this, you just, it's just doesn't work that way. And I think that, um, 
you know, just staying true to yourself, you kind of have your moment of where things are going great and you're getting a lot of gigs and you're having fun with it. You feel successful. And then you can have moments like, uh, my, my work sucks. Nobody wants to listen to my stuff. You know what I mean? So it is what yeah. it is. Yeah. It's uh, one of the most memorable shows I played uh, this, well, 2021. It was uh, late summer down in Natchez, Mississippi. I had a, a singer-songwriter friend, uh, Gabriel Bass. He invited me to come down to play their uh, singer-songwriter night. Beautiful thing. So it's at this brewery, and they've got a pretty good stage for it. And uh, you're sharing a stage with another songwriter. You share an hour, and you just trade oh, that's songs. Awesome. That's awesome. And uh, I, I went in with uh, Linda Rappolo, and uh, we were completely unfamiliar with each other. And like on the way down there, I was thinking about, I, you know, I had about 10, 15 original songs that I was, okay, probably realistically I'll play six songs if we're 30 minutes, right? Yeah. And I was like, which ones? And I just, I was like, I want to I do my most authentic songs. And two of the six, I had never played live. Like they had never been out of the bedroom. And uh, that was the best response that I'd, I'd ever had playing a show. Like even even if I had a band with me and I was like, hey, and it just goes back to that authenticity thing that you were talking about. Yeah, I, but but and I'll, and I'll say I've been in the same position when I've gone to, you know, I've played open mic nights here or little, you know, coffee houses where nobody's listening to me, maybe two people. And it's been the best feeling show, my best performances, because that's where I sit naturally. Right. Mm -hmm. So when I'm. You know, every time I play a big show, if I'm doing just like a 20 minute acoustic opener, I don't think there's ever been a time where I haven't switched up the set that night in the middle of it. I, because I'm reading the crowd. I'm second guessing myself. I'm like, mm -hmm. this is what they want to hear. They don't want to hear the slow song. I always think that it's going to work out. Or gonna... So, you know, it, it's tough. I have a hard I, ha I have a very hard time with that. But it's probably because I'm in my own head. When I go down to Nashville, if I do a writer's round. I'm so happy. I'm so happy and I feel so comfortable because everyone's there doing the same thing. And, and I feel I don't feel bad putting the crowd to sleep. I mean, I'll feel bad if they hate my, my songs and if, they, if I just suck. But, you know, that's it's a different type of feeling that like you just described, you know, mm -hmm. because that's what people were there listening to. And that's what you were. You were just 100 percent yourself in your song. Mm -hmm. It's a good feeling. It really is. Uh, so uh, you just released a new song, and I wanted to uh, just walk through that whole uh, process. Even uh, I, I love the the artwork for the song, the Ferris yeah. wheel. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, tell us a little bit about the the latest single. Yeah. So believe it or not, I recorded this um, this song along with five others um, last November. So a year ago, um, and I had, I went down to West Virginia and I recorded at the home studio with um, Chance McCoy and he used to play guitar with Old Crow Medicine Show, but he's got a, um, a beautiful home and a trailer that he keeps on his property. And then he has a, like a separate little building. It's bigger now. He's actually expanded he'd sent me like a drone video from it after i left i'm like well now i gotta come back and come to the you know the even bigger and better studio right um, i was i i'm telling you it was 
it was one of those experiences. And again, I'm such a hippie because I could care less if two people listen to the song or nothing ever happens with it, which is probably why I sat on them for so long. The experience of recording these songs and being there was enough for me. And it was what I needed to, 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 for me to release them. It, it was about me releasing those songs more than me releasing the songs, if that makes sense. Yeah, it totally does. Uh, yeah. So uh, tough. Yeah, especially. And I was wondering if, like, you you held it just because. Well, I can't really play it out, which I don't know how the scene is right in Buffalo right now. But I figured you might have recorded it and just held it until the time was right. And that's a really hard thing to do. Yeah, that uh, was not the case because normally, right? Like, you want uh, the minute I write a song, and if I mm-hmm. like it. I want to do a little video and put it on my 15 seconds of it. Even you want to share it. These songs were so hard for me to share. They're still hard because these songs I wrote for me, they were, they're so personal that it's, it's tough. You don't want to, you don't want to dredge up old feelings. I don't ever want to hurt anyone's feelings, but enough time and, you know, has gone by where I, you know, it's okay for me to share them because for me now, now let maybe the songs will do for somebody else what they did for me, which was to help me through a time. And I only say that because I know other songs have done that for me. And that's what music can do. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, it's, that, it's the power of music. And let's say, uh, you know, whenever I'm sharing a, a personal story within a song, you know, usually I'll, I'll cloak it in... You know, I would never call the person out by name in the song. Right. right. Uh, I might name off the location or, you know, I might give a personal detail about the location, but never the actual person. And then try to cloak the feelings. And it's always crazy. Like when you get feedback from people, it's like, uh, oh, I know who that song was about. Or I, I, I totally felt what, uh, what you were conveying. And they'll share. It was like, oh, this is about uh, this. And I was like. It wasn't at all, but I'm glad that you got that message. Uh, another powerful thing about music is like, I was uh, I was a little brokenhearted, and uh, you know, you took it as something totally different. Well, that and that's and that's right. And at the end of the day, when I think about it, I'm like, well, you know, it's not you know, there's certain people within your close family that might listen to some of these songs and say, oh, I know, same thing. I know who that one was about, or I know who that, but. Mm-hmm. To be honest, so so many so many years have gone by since I you know I've even written them, and yeah, I feel I feel like it's just once a song people aren't listening to your music like that. You think they are because that's kind of where it was coming from in here. But especially yeah. people you aren't close with, they're not thinking. Some of them aren't even listening very closely to the lyrics. You know, some people how some people don't really. You're either you're into the lyrics or you're not. It's just kind of more like the mood of the song. Yeah, so. it's got a good beat. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. So, but I definitely feel um, like there was there was some sort of you know psychological component there. I'm sure of me not putting them out before then um, because I never really had any. And I still don't have any plans to um, do like a, you know, an album release or anything like that. I, I really don't have a desire to be a performing artist. I okay. want to be a songwriter. I consider myself a songwriter. Um, and that's really what I've been focusing on a whole lot. So, and I don't think a lot of people 
realize that about me. I think that that um, I think that my even close, you know, fam- like my extended family, I think they all because I do play out live, but I do that because I love to network. It's 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 a great way to meet other songwriters and it's a great way to just, you know, express myself. Yeah. But I would never I, I'm not looking for a record deal or to go on tour. Like I am too old, I am too tired, <laughs> I have no desire. So that's the whole other side of the the music project that we'll we'll touch upon, you know, in a little bit. But um yeah, but this album is super important to me and I'll play it out, you know, around here a bit, but I don't I don't expect that it's gonna be anything more than that, you know. Yeah. Well, and that's, I think that's totally fine. Uh, you know, even if it's, well, this is for me, you know, uh, I needed to, I, this art, it had to be on a shelf. It needed to be, it needed to be real. Yeah. Or however, you know, to put it. Uh, so just uh, your friend in West Virginia, how did y'all meet? So he, I met on Instagram, same, you know, I saw, I think that he might have had, um, he might have had like an ad running or something anywhere. I thought was following him him on Instagram. And I saw one of his posts, and it was during the pandemic, and he wasn't touring, and like so many other musicians, and he, you know, decided that he would record at his house, and so I took a shot. I'm like, well, this is you know, Chance McCoy. Like he's not going to take me on. You know what I mean? He's not going to produce my album for me. So anyway, I reached out to him and sent him some stuff and I, I feel very lucky because it was such an amazing experience to to work with him. He's so talented, but he also was very, you know, he's he lives there with his girlfriend and she was like so nice and we hung out like fire. We, he, they took me on walks around and it was so healing to me and I kind of cried and every song that I would tell him about, I was like, uh, uh, like I swear I cried every day. He must've thought I was a mess. Like there was there were days when I was just like, I just want to sleep the whole day. I just want to stay in the trailer and listen to the coyotes and just, I don't even want to come out. I just want to make it like a vacation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was just one of those experiences. So anyway, yeah, just, it, it, it I feel like it was all meant to be. I got the urge that I, I saw this post. I reached out. He happened to have the exact time that I was available open and it worked out weird. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, that artist retreat we have one uh, nearby is being worked on as we speak. It's it's going to be like a bunch of uh, cabins, and uh, the guy that runs it, uh, he's an artist, so he'll have his uh, workshop to where he does all his art, and then he's building another building. You know, like if artists need to escape for a while, yeah. whether it be music or uh, art or whatever it is, poetry. Uh, and you can come out there, but like your stay is, I mean, you got to be putting in the work. So, you know, helping around the property, whatever it needs with that. Easy. And then you also have to be working on yourself. It's like you, you got to be, put some art out, dude. You know, yeah, that's what you're here for. So what so is I, this? What is this? This is like an artist retreat. Are you attending it? Oh, it, it's not, a, it's not official yet. It, it's everything's still being built, but uh, it's the McGowan Art Studio. It's in, uh, just outside of Starkville, Mississippi, and a little place called Sesums. And I had Joe and his son uh, on the podcast, and I went out there, and you know, and he was kind of sharing the vision that he had for it. It was like, I want this to be a place where artists can come, 
to have a retreat to we can help each other. I can show them how my mind works and I can see how their mind works and it, it'll make us both better. Absolutely. And so anytime like he has someone interesting, whether it's a musician or an artist or whomever they are, uh, he'll give me a call. He's like, grab your equipment. You need to be out here and meet this person. And like every time I go, it's like a super, super legit artist or musician or photographer or, uh, he's got one talented friend. His name is J.C. Long. It's uh, He's an uh, electrical engineer, and he started designing guitar pedals. Yeah. And, like, dude's just wicked good on a drone. <laughs> uh, his photography is insane. Like, the dude is just, like, an all-around artist. It, things like this, th- that's my dream. So this is what – this is. I have had a dream to do something like that where – even right now, like this energy exchange between you and I on mm-hmm. this, I'm so enjoying myself talking to you about this sort of thing. Like this is the best thing that's happened to me in a week. The best conversation awesome. because yeah. I feel so connected and it coming off of the, you know, pandemic or the mm-hmm. lockdown, but even before that, you know, being a mom, working, you know, writing at night when I can, or like when I would get the urge, sometimes just so tired or just like a voice memo into my phone. I need, I've realized that I need that connection with other artists, whether it be my best friend who teaches dance. I'm like, Mm. I'm getting the chills because sometimes I'm like, just give me a video of your kids, uh, like her senior girls who are like so good. And she's, she's building like playlists. I'm like, show me some choreography because I feel like I need to feel that creativity, I, it, I could s- smell it or feel it or touch it, something. And I crave that. And sometimes, mm. you know, I just, when I, I recognize in myself, you know, that it's so low and you just want to be in one of those, I would love to do something like that. Yeah, I, I mean, it's... That it, because that that is so incredible. And whether, not even another musician, like you said. like. Mm. Just anybody, any of that creativity. It's so mm-hmm. cool. And I've, I've probably been out there five or six times now. And every time it's like, it's exactly what you're, you're talking about. It's like, you don't want the night to end. Uh, the conversation is just exactly where it needed to be. And you leave, you leave uplifted. And uh, he's like, okay, I can't keep doing this. And it's crazy. Like, so uh, your story about, you know, being a mother and like finding time to uh, write. Uh, I like iron and wine. And uh, I don't remember who interviewed him, but they was like, so you got, you know, two kids now. And uh, so when are you finding time to write? And he said, at four in the morning. Right. He says, what? Yeah, I get up at four o'clock in the morning for anything on this earth has moved. Everything is completely still and quiet. And I have until five thirty, six o'clock. And if nothing comes out, nothing comes out. And he said, but sometimes... I run out of time and have to come back to it later. You know what, though? It's so funny because I bought a book called The Art of Work or or The Work of Art or one of those things. And I'm not a disciplined person when it comes to certain things that I'm disciplined in. But when it comes to making music, it was always just um, an, an, an impulsive or a response to a, you know, it was come from a very deep emotional need to do it, to, to write. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. But what I realized is that if I want to be a songwriter and do it for a living or get artist cuts, it's I've got to make it a priority. And they say, like, you know, you got to get up. You got to make this is my time to write. And it was so difficult for me because I'd be sitting there like, I don't know. I'm not I don't even feel like writing. Right now. <laughs> right. Like, what do I what, what am I going to write about? So it's it, it's a it's a hard um, transition for me to do that. But I have found that. When I do make the time and carve out the time and make it a priority, eventually something will come and Mm -hmm. it it does feel good. But I I still struggle with that. Oh, absolutely. And it's like for me is like discipline is very difficult. And I've noticed like if I do my writing right when I wake up or if I wake up to do it before, you know, whatever the day is going to bring affects me is like (laughs) I'm more clear headed in the morning than I am after I get home from work and just get you know, just a little bit of quiet. And I I can tell a a very uh, different, like, it's like two different minds, you know, because it definitely is. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And I think that, I think it's important to be able to have that balance where you are giving yourself experiences to have stuff to write about, whether it be listening to other people. I love people watching. I love meeting people. I love talking to people. It is one of my favorite things because I feel like there's great material there and only so much life you yourself can live, right? Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, being inspired that way versus making it a priority to say, all right, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to write a song. You know, it's just, this is my my songwriting time. I I definitely think that's going to be one of my New Year's resolutions to do that more. Mm Mm-hmm going forward because right now I I really want to just focus on songwriting completely and I'd love to just write songs for like sync you know television movies it's fun for me I love top lining I love going on to like beat stars and just finding tracks and like writing to that like it's very enjoyable to me Mm -hmm. so and I I love that I don't have to depend on being in you know, agony or like being distressed in order to, in order to create something. I, I didn't think that, I didn't even think of songwriting that way. In my mind growing up, it's like, well, all my songs are about me. Very mm-hmm. like, you know, the whole world revolves around me, you know, when you're 19. Yeah. It's like everything revolves around me and my, my, my breakup. But um, it's very different now. So that's really what I've been um, starting to focus on and will continue to focus on more. So kind of like, um, I really like like swagger rock, but I also like just the acoustic, you know, singer songwriter, just a little shape, mm-hmm. things like that. So it'll be fun. I'm yeah. yeah. Cool. Uh, so, uh, tell me about the artwork. Like, uh, did you take that picture of the Ferris wheel or? I did not. However, I already have all of my cover work for all of the singles. So releasing music is weird. I've never, I have had a CD out before too, actually, but long, long time ago. Um, So in my mind, I was like, well, I'll just put out the EP. And everyone was like, no, you have to put out a single. So then Spotify can get it on the list and this, that, and the other thing. So Mm -hmm. I didn't think, you know, there was a whole learning curve there. Um, So the, the, the Ferris wheel is meaningful to me and these songs in a personal way. So each song is going to have a different ferris wheel on it so oh. what, yeah it's it, they're really cool really cool so 
Um, the the artwork is licensed from just a uh, a website that you can license um, pictures from. So I did not take it, but I do like to take pictures, and I take a lot of pictures. And I'm I'm surprised that I didn't use one of my one of mine. But yeah, I mean, I saw the artwork. You know, when Fuzzy was sending your information over there to me, and right when I saw the artwork, I was like, I got a thing for Ferris wheels. I don't know what it is, but it's like. It sparks a lot of different like emotions, and that that particular picture is kind of spooky. It uh, is in a way. I and, know. Uh, it was well, like, I, man, it's Ferris wheels, man. <laughs> I know something about it, right? And that one, that that kind of like blue, it's like that twilight. Mm. And each song, I mean, you know, I, it's so funny. A lot of people have commented on the artwork more than the song, I think. And I, I'm so <laughs> happy that I went. I'm so happy that I went with that theme. But it was. Um, it was one of those things where I, I never, I'm not a big fair person. Like they have an, a county fair up here. That's tremendous. It's huge. We, I didn't have that growing up. We, you went to New Jersey to go to like Six Flags. That would be it. Um, and I don't like Ferris wheels. They frighten me. I will go on an upside down roller coaster. Uh, Ferris wheels terrify me. And yeah, so, getting stuck up top. Yes. I don't know. They're so slow. I'm like, why is it so slow? Things rocking. There's something about them that is creepy and kind of like that, like eerie, you know, emptied out uh, county fair, but like on a smaller scale, not like a really good big one. So, yeah. but, but they're beautiful. They are beautiful though. When they're lit up, I like to watch them. I like yeah. when they're in the city. I like when they're by the beach. I like to see them, but me, I don't like getting on them. <laughs> I don't like getting on them. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway but um yeah so that's that's the artwork so th i hope everyone will enjoy them as the songs come out yeah yeah i mean it's uh you know i'm looking at the artwork i click on the song and i'm listening and i'm just watching the artwork while i'm listening and i was like i don't think you could have it was a good pairing yeah well I, and I, honestly i didn't realize like when youtube creates the video for you I, um, you know, it just puts that picture up there and it was the same thing. And it kind of, I just knew it. I saw it and I was looking for Ferris wheel. I mean, there's so many pictures that you can license of Ferris mm -hmm. wheel. But I saw that one. I said, that's it. That's the one. Yeah. So this is going to be, uh, you said you had a, a city out in the past. Yeah. A long time ago. A long yeah, time ago. So, so now you're working on your EP. Right. Yeah. And, and so, uh, yeah, Fuzzy Talk, I haven't released anything on like Spotify or anything. I've got a couple of my songs on YouTube and yeah. those are like bedroom recordings. Yeah. But I, I've had conversations with uh, Fuzzy and he's taught me a lot when it comes to like when it when you get ready to release it. You can't just let it all out once you got to go real slow and methodical with it. That yeah. because it's all about the algorithm. And he told me he called me up. Um, the day I, of my release on that on Friday, he didn't know I was putting out a song. Nobody did. I didn't tell anybody. I wasn't really doing much, you know, promo about it. Mm -hmm. And um, he, and he's like, it's beautiful. You know, I love it. Da, da, da. And so he kind of walked me through the same thing because I said, well, I'm just going to put out the, the rest of the songs in a month or two. He said, well, first of all, you never release, don't you release music in January. I didn't know that. And he said, I said, I don't want to be bombarding people once a month with, you know, listen to my new single, listen to my new single, you know, five more times in a row. And he said, no, you can just do a quiet release, like release them to Spotify, iTunes, see about getting on the, the list. 
So I, I'm going to do it. He walked me through it. I'm going to do it that way. But I wouldn't have thought. Again, these are the things that I don't like to do these sorts of things. To me, I'm like, just put it out, you know, and on to the next. But it's important. And this is where I need to be more disciplined okay. with my crafts, you know. So, um, you know, it's funny because I'll spend hours and hours and hours and hours writing a song, re-recording this. But the getting them into the system to get paid or, you know, getting them copyrighted, it's all that stuff that I'm like, I don't want I don't want to bother <laughs> I don't want to bother, you know. Yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't care anything about that part. Mm -hmm. uh, so who all was involved uh, on the project, like uh, on the recording? I heard several different instruments. So um, I wrote all the songs myself. So I didn't have any co-writers. And I do write. I do co-write. But these songs, just, just this EP was just a personal project that I did. Um, Chance plays um, some drum and guitar. And then he, this is funny. So with this song, um, Keep On Loving You, I played it for him. And then um, we were kind of talking and he's amazing at the fiddle. He's, he can play everything really. And we were trying out different sounds and stuff. And uh, he says to me, you know, I know a guy. And then we're, in, we're in the middle of West Virginia, okay? There's like nothing around. And he's like, I know a guy. He lives like, I don't know, 20 minutes away. His name's Don. He plays the pedal steel. And I was like, oh, that's yeah. what we need. That's what we need. So I'm like, call him up, call him up. I'm like, call him up. So he's like, yeah, I mean, he, so he, anyway, it was after the fact. It was after I left because I was there for six days and we recorded like one song a day. Mm -hmm. And then um, I had to get like tested in West Virginia before I crossed back over the border. It was a whole, it was in the middle of the pandemic. Right. Um, so he, called me and he said, yeah, he'll, he'd love to do it. And in fact, I think I, I didn't pay the guy a lot of money at all. I, I think it was like a hundred bucks. And this is the most beautiful recording I have ever. Chance sent it to me. I nearly died. I said, before that, I never thought that this song would be the first song I released. And I said, this is going to be the song. And I made Chance take, I didn't make him, I asked him to. I said, take out my vocal at the end of the song. Because that's how it ended. The song originally ended with me. Um, keep on loving you. I said, take my voice out. This song needs to end with that, with Don's pedal steel. It's the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. It, it was killer. And like, uh, I'm a huge fan of pedal steel. Me too. And so anytime I hear that on a track, I was like, oh yeah. Give yeah. Me some more. We got a, uh, he plays with early James and the latest, which, uh, they're all in the Birmingham scene. Yeah. Uh, Birmingham, Alabama. And, uh, amazing music scene like if you're a musician in that scene you're probably in four or five bands <laughs> and none of those bands sound the same really and so the pedal steel guy is uh ford boswell and uh he came here to columbus with early and it was just those two and he played uh pedal steel mandolin and a little guitar that night oh my gosh and i've seen early james i think twice and just those two, not even the full band. Yeah. I was like, that that was my favorite show that I've seen of y'all's. It was just it was, the intimacy of it. And like, man, pedal steel is, it's just unreal when you got somebody that knows what they're doing. I know. I mean, and, and, and I said to, we could have produced songs big, you know, we could have made them very big, but that's, 
the whole intimacy aspect that you and I were talking about earlier when you were saying about that um, back and forth, you know, writer's round that you did. Mm -hmm. And then just now, um, you know, talking about early James and his set, like that, that's the, that's the EP. Two of the songs are just me and guitar. Because that's all it really, it didn't need anymore. At the end mm -hmm. of the day, we pulled out some, some um, instruments from some of the tracks because it just didn't even need it. it. They were beautiful, but it just didn't need it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Really wanted it to just be so. One of my, I know I mentioned Jules. I smell something burning, but I want to make sure. I feel like my daughter's making like food. Is she, is she burning the house? Is the house on fire right now? Um, the, what was I saying? <laughs> Do you need to go check? No, no, no. I think it's okay. <laughs> I'm like looking under the door for like smoke. I'm not going to move until I. <laughs> actually see smoke um wait what was i just saying um, <clears throat> we were talking about the intimacy of the record and like uh so there's tracks where it's just you and a guitar and then yes anyway uh, anyway who knows but i i think that um my point probably was just that oh it was um laurie mckenna's kitchen tapes yes yes laurie mckenna's kitchen tapes hands down my favorite, and maybe Patty Griffin's "Living with Ghosts." Those two albums are how I would envision myself as an artist. If I were to rate, like to me, that's how I hear my music being expressed. Okay. And Lori McKenna is just—it's just her and her guitar, and the songs are so incredibly moving and powerful. But it's all that it is. And maybe I make up more of it in my head. I don't know. But that really mm -hmm. was my biggest um, influence as an artist. Those two, those two women, those two albums in particular. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Good, good plug. And it's the first time I've ever heard those as influences. Yeah. Uh, so great plug. And so, folks, if you're unfamiliar with that, go check it out. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so uh, after you get the EP out... And uh, you've shared a little bit about your uh, process of writing. Like, uh, what is uh, 2022 going to look like for you? Uh, you said you're not really uh, interested in an album release party or show. Uh, um, probably not. I mean, I'll do, um, I'll definitely continue writing for me just because it's, I do enjoy it. But um, I think what I'd like to do is travel in and out to Nashville um as often as i can at least mm -hmm. every couple months it's important i think not living in a music city to keep those connections um especially with songwriters you know i, I like to be down there but i also do i enjoy um performing down there um at the writers rounds it's a great way to meet people and kind of get a feel for what you know what's going on in the music scene Right now, um, I belong to a couple of different songwriter groups, but right now all the publishers I know or, or a lot of them are asking for like 90s country music, that, that, that retro sound. Mm -hmm. you know, so it all, like what we talked about before, it all goes in cycles, right? So mm -hmm. I have a hard time, I have a bit of a hard time writing for male country artists. I don't know what it is. I just don't really feel like I have a, um, a strong... Um, grasp or I just don't feel like I, I write good songs for for dudes 
I don't know. I, I just don't. So I definitely want to focus on trying to get better at that. Maybe take some classes um, or just write with other artists who I know are good at that and kind of learn from them and, you know, bring my strengths to the table and kind of rely on other people and learn along the way. Um, and again, and then writing for sync. Like I really want to do, um, I really want to do a little more just kind of like rock stuff or just or and just basic acoustic kind of you know I want to write for like Yellowstone like I want a song I want to get a cut I want a song on Yellowstone like how amazing would that be that'd be cool I love the that soundtrack is incredible every season they've done a great job I don't I don't watch TV uh but I have a lot of my songwriters yeah. and uh fans of that Texas dirt i guess is what it's called yeah is uh man uh, some of the best songwriters in that genre are on that show like they are plugging great music that is not on your radio i know i have so many songs on my 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 um playlist now from that show that are just i never heard of it from 2016 i'm like how'd that sneak by me how'd yeah. this sneak by me you know for this many years like what the heck but it's um yeah, so the, I think that'll be my focus. I think that I'll continue to play out um, mm -hmm. around here. Um, I feel very lucky with the Taste of Country um, contest, you know, the relationship that I've built with um, WYRK, which is the country music station here, and also, um, you know, some of the promoters for the national acts that come through. They're always looking for, you know, acoustic openers, and they want to book um, original artists. So it's I've been very lucky in that regard so hopefully i'll still get to play out and about and get down to nashville when i can and then just you know write i'd love to get an artist cut come on you know that'd yeah. be that'd be ideal we'll see we shall see yeah so uh we're running out of time i got three more questions yeah yeah and uh, we'll walk it out of the door is uh number one is social media plugs is where do people go to find your music or to stay uh, up to date with you? Yeah, um, Instagram, I'm on most often. Um, so it's um, Kate Mallon Music and it's um, M-A-L-L-E-N. Um, and then I am on Facebook as well. And again, it's Kate Mallon Music. I'm not on Twitter, but um, YouTube a little bit. I have to do better at getting on YouTube, but Instagram is really the best way to find me. Okay. And your latest uh, single is available literally everywhere. Literally everywhere. Yeah. yeah. You can like, listen to music. It's there. So check it out. Yeah. And I've, it will be played at the end of this show. Uh, if that's good with you, if you'll email it over to me. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, number two is what was your favorite part of the interview? <laughs> Ooh, I think when you were telling me about that retreat, because it, it, it really um, just reminded me that I need to do that. I need to be continue to stay connected, especially being home as often as I am. That's what's missing a lot of times. And that's what it's about for me. And I want to do that. So I think hearing you talk about that and having that connection with you made me feel yeah. better. It made me feel I felt it. Yeah, I believe in that uh, the retreat idea. Uh, it's a sense of just recharging your batteries uh, in a sense. 
even even if you're you're leaving your normal environment, which I believe is a good thing, just not only for your craft but also your mental health, and to be able to be with someone else who is into the same thing, who is doing the same thing that you are. Yeah. And I, I, I think uh, we all need that. Like I got little singer songwriter groups that I'm in. You know, like uh, we'll send a word, like a weird word that you would never put in a song. I love or it. A, a phrase. And by the end of the week, you, you better have the song, you know, yeah. like how, how did you use that line? How did you use that word? And Excellent. so, and that's just, it's just a way to just push each other in the right direction, you know? Love it. Love All it. right. And number three is, uh, and we've talked about it just to walk it out of the door is, uh, if anyone wanted to see you live, it's mainly the Buffalo area or possibly Nashville, right? Right. When I do go down to Nashville, possibly at, you know, one of the writer's rounds, um, you know, I played at, um, uh, was it um, Alley Taps last time? And, um, but yeah, and I post all my shows though on Instagram and I'm going to okay. be about doing more YouTube um, uh, videos and stuff like that. So, yeah. Okay. It was a, uh, it was a pleasure uh, to meet you and to I have, uh, have this. For you. I do have okay. a question yeah. for you to walk it out. Um, would you ever consider writing, co-writing with me over Skype or Zoom? Absolutely. I was, I was going to, I was going to, uh, text you about that after we got through here. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right. Yeah. I, I might could help you get into the, uh, the male mind. Uh, love it. It was a pleasure meeting you. Thank you so much, um, for having me on. It was great. Yeah, no problem. You, uh, take care, Kate. All right. Bye-bye. Being up all night Trying to decide If I'm done loving you I've been just fine Without calling you mine Cause I made up my mind I was done loving you Wearing me down You keep coming around Asking me how I could be done Wearing me 
Time inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.